everyone. Welcome to Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and here we share stories from women around the world to inspire, educate, and empower women and young girls to dream without limitations. Today, I have the ultimate pleasure of speaking with Miss Erica Johnson, and she is a CEO and the founder of her own company called E Partners Marketing. Okay, E Partners Marketing. And I'm so excited to hear from her. We have the same alma mater. So I'm so excited about that. We just had a full conversation and we had to cut it short so we can get this episode out to you guys. So hi, Erica. How are you doing today? Hi, Maya. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, I want you to go ahead and allow the audience to know a little bit more about you and what you do. So as she said, I'm Erica Johnson, the owner of ePartners Marketing, where we help businesses with, or business owners. I mean, we have some businesses like where it's more than a solopreneur, but anyway, mm -hmm. we help business owners with marketing design and public relations. Um, and that's what I do full time. So yeah, my own. Love dream. it. <laughs> love it. Love it. So here's the first question. What made you want to do your own business in a sense, instead of working for a company and what made you choose the direction that you're going in today? So I studied marketing in school and right after college, I worked at an advertising firm. Well, it was a newspaper that was going digital. Then I worked at another firm, actually one of the largest website builders in the world. They were formerly web.com mm -hmm. and I enjoyed those roles. And then I worked at a very small agency, um, 45 minutes outside of Jacksonville and St. Augustine. And I enjoyed those that as well. But during the job, I realized that the schedule wasn't conducive for my new role as a mom. So I do have a six-year-old daughter awesome. and at the time years ago, it was like, they were welcoming at first, but you know, as you know, day juggling daycare and juggling their um, strenuous schedule as well. It was like, they were not very lenient to, I couldn't be there a set time each day. And right. um, I had had some management shifts. I had one manager that was like, as long as you do your 40 hours and take your breaks, you're good. You can come and go as you please. But then I had another manager that was like very stringent. She's like, no, you have to be here a certain time. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. So the job I loved I feel like a lot of marketing majors, they want to be an analyst because an analyst, mm -hmm. sound, it sounds sexy. It's an analyst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I hated looking at Excel. I hated it. I went from liking Excel to hating it. And then mm -hmm. the management issue. So I hated my job. It was like driving to jail every day or driving uh -huh. to time out. It was, <laughs> I hated it. So then I realized while I was at a smaller agency, I realized that I really loved designing landing pages. I really loved designing social media posts. And so that's when I fell in love with the design. I realized, you know, I could go back to selling Google ads and selling Facebook ads and doing SEO consultations all day. I could mm -hmm. do that. And that was, uh, that's what I was paid by corporate America to do, but right. I just couldn't do it anymore. And then I fell in love with design. Then I decided to start my own business. So right. I got out of school and in corporate America, I realized, you know, Hey, that's not really for me. Mm -hmm. And then I love you know, it. And then oh, go, keep going. oh, sorry. So even with my own <laughs> business journey, I did have a stunt stint of being a, in the classroom teacher, like a brick and mortar teacher. But then mm -hmm. I also realized, Hey, that's not for me either. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I'm teaching adults more than little children. So yeah. Uh -huh. 
No, I love it though, because it's like, you know, you have to try different things. You have to see what you don't like, what you do like. And I talk about this all the time. You know, we go through life and we're kind of like, yeah, so I think that's really cool. Like, you know, you're able to explore and to understand where you want to be because I talked about this with a few other guests that I've had on my show where we go through life and we figure out, okay, maybe I want to do this, but it's like, oh, I haven't really discovered who I am, what do I love, what makes me happy, and what fulfills me. So I think that is really important that you did that. And then even going through um, having your corporate job and studying what you love to do, marketing, is not to say that that's not what you wanted to do, but you took it to an, another level where you're like, okay, like I know this, I know that I'm good at this, and I know I can make something out of it. So I really, really do love that. And I love talking about mindset on here. Um, so it's hard to leave a corporate job where we define as security or safety. So how did you come to build this mindset to say, you know what, I can leave this and I can build something on my own and leave that so-called safety net? Wow, that's a loaded question. The mindset <laughs> work took a few years, I must say, um, especially mm -hmm. with, I had the pressure of my family saying, you know, hey, get a job or yeah. making as much money as we thought it was going to make. The first two years, I wasn't as serious about it as I should have been. That mm -hmm. first year, into that back in 2006. So let me back up a little bit to this. <laughs> So back in 2015, 16, when I really got into this uh, mm -hmm. journey of entrepreneurship, it was really right. popular. Everybody was opening a business. I mean, it's still mm -hmm. popular in 2020, but yeah. then it was everybody and their mom was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. So it was really popular, but no one, like you said, the mindset work, no one was really saying, hey, you have to change from an employee mindset Mm -hmm. to solopreneur and then boss mindset. No one yep. prepares you for that. No one prepares you for that. So that took a few years for me to grasp that everything that happens in my business falls on me. Mm -hmm. um, I can't blame the economy. I can't blame the politicians. I can't blame the market. I can't blame my yep. customers. I can't blame any of the website platforms. I can't blame SEO and social media mm -hmm. and algorithms. It took a while to realize, okay, everything falls back on me. When I left the teaching job, it was okay. I could go back to a corporate job mm -hmm. or I could become like, get my certification to be a teacher. I was a teacher at a private school, so I didn't have to have a certification. So I had right. two options there. It was okay. I can, or I had three options. I could do my job as a teacher, mm -hmm. to, you know, get the certification, go into public school teaching. I mm -hmm. could, um, go to back to corporate America mm -hmm. selling ads <laughs> or, <laughs> I could, you know, devote more attention and time into my own business. So back in 2018, so two years ago, it was like, okay, I can do this. I had had enough time, especially back when I was a teacher, I was a in-person teacher. I was a VIP kid teacher, so virtual teacher to kids over in China and uh -huh. still having my business. So my business took mm -hmm. a backseat so that I could do all those things. But I was like having three gigs at one time. So it was like, okay, mm -hmm. I can work this hard for other people. Right. This hard for myself. It took me a while mm -hmm. to find that work. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It took a few years right. for me to realize I've consistency is everything. Everything will fall into place. I have this beautiful book right here. Four hour work. <laughs> have you read this? Which one? Four hour no, work. I haven't. But I've saw, I've seen a lot of people doing that. And, you know, just... 
I myself, like, I make sure I get my eight hours every night. I'm not about to be working all night. I stop working at 8.30 p.m. Like, it, the last thing has to be done at by 8.30 or it's not getting done that day. And I make sure I go to bed at 10.30. My, my rest is very important to me. I get up. I work out. I drink my juice. <laughs> Listen, I have my schedule set because I'm like, if it doesn't get done within this time, it's not getting done. I'm not going to like make myself burn out or anything just to like, you know, pound the pavement that hard. No, my health is more important. <laughs> Maya, you're right. Yeah. Prioritizing your health and getting a routine. That's something that, especially when I first left corporate America, it was like, I can do what I want when I want to. Mm -hmm. I'm my own boss. And then you quickly learn when you get a bunch of clients, it's like, well, no, they've got to, you know, you got to do what they say. <laughs> Uh, when they need it done, there's right. deadlines. You can't just do whatever you want. So as right. soon as I embrace routines, the whole game changed. After mm -hmm. between 2018, 2019, and now, it was just like up and up and up, and things got better and better and better, mm -hmm. revenue-wise, mentally, and just emotionally, just motivation-wise. It was I didn't have to remind myself to post for my business. It was mm -hmm. okay. This is something that I do because the more I post, the more people can see, the more people I can help. So right. yeah, it, was a, it took a while to do the mindset. No, definitely. I think um, one of the key factors that a lot of people don't realize is that switching from corporate America to building your own business is different because in corporate America, you take direction. There's a blueprint from you for someone has done it before. So someone can teach you how to do it. But in entrepreneurship, if you're doing something, I don't care if someone else is doing it you're going to make it unique to yourself. So you have to still create your own blueprint. You have to create your own sense of direction. So it's going to be harder and you have to do that self deep dive, that self work to know, okay, like even with my clients, I asked them um, when we're branding, what direction do you want this to go into? What is your brand story? What do you want? And it's like, no one really thinks about these different questions, especially setting their business up from day one to be sustainable. A lot of people think, okay, this is, I'm just going to throw this out there and I'm going to make it look like a small business. Like don't call your business a small business from day one. If you want to set it to be, you know, a fortune 500, then say, this is a company. Don't say I'm representing a small business, like set it up from day one, because if you don't get into that mindset, then you're constantly going to be thinking, oh, this is okay. You know, I'm just a small business. This is okay for me. No, think bigger, because if you think bigger, you're going to want to reach that goal of achieving that status, you know? Yes, I love it. Yes. So what are some of your your toughest obstacles? I know you talked about, you know, setting routines and um, different things that you've had to overcome. What are some of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome in the corporate setting as well as coming becoming a solopreneur? So in the corporate setting, the biggest obstacle that I had was being underestimated because of my age. Believe it or not, mm -hmm. when I was in the corporate setting. Oh my gosh, world, we can talk about that forever. <laughs> I listen, age does not define your your worth, your knowledge, your wisdom, none of that. I, I, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> so yeah, when I was at my first few jobs, it was... And like you said, with the corporate America, there's a blueprint for you already. They have the roles set out, the roles and responsibilities. And so when they put you in that slot, you're just supposed to stay in that slot. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. To right. Get out no of that coming place. out of it. 
Whether don't do this your own way because God forbid, no, you're going to mess it up if you try to change it. No. <laughs> even if it's just as simple as getting a pay raise or getting a promotion, it's very hard in the traditional corporate structure, no matter if it's a 25 person company, which I worked mm -hmm. at or a over 300 people company, which I also worked at. Right. It was hard to say, Hey, I'm kind of interested in this now. How can I still be here, but pursue this? It was hard. It was hard at, at mm -hmm. both of them. At the first one, it was, I really wanted to be an advertising, um, salesperson and advertising mm -hmm. sales. And because I was so young there and I was inexperienced, they oh didn't God. think I could do it. That so word. I did, I <laughs> sold some ads. I sold some sponsorships for events and stuff like that, but I was mm -hmm. never considered for that full role. I mean, we can talk about that another time, but uh -huh. other things that happened, but I was overlooked for that opportunity, which again, is funny because remember I told you how I, I used to get paid well to sell ads, right? Mm -hmm. At that first job out of school, they weren't trying to have me sell ads for them. But then the next mm -hmm. job I had, I did really well at it. I could upsell mm -hmm. clients on Facebook ads. I could upsell them on their ad spend with Google. I could get mm -hmm. them from just doing hour long consultations with me to ordering other packages and stuff. So mm -hmm. I had it, right? right? Then I got the promotion to being an analyst. So I wasn't upselling people on ads anymore. I was looking at sales of how many of them we sold, how many website packages we sold and how many agents we had doing X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. But then at the next job, again, I was in that role of selling ads. I was managing $80,000 worth of ad spend. And that's just Google ads. They had websites, they had Facebook mm -hmm. ads, they had social media and stuff like that. So it's funny that, you know, I got overlooked for a position one place, but then years later I was doing that exact thing that mm -hmm. someone else overlooked me for. So that was the biggest obstacle being overlooked for stuff and being like in a thing about one of my last bosses, what she said, she was like, you're like a little birdie and you fly, but you can't fly yet. <laughs> oh using, my goodness. She was using some Spanish parable and literally she's from Bolivia. So she was using, uh -huh. some, she had told me before she said it. So this isn't me being like, weird yeah but, but she she was saying it was some spanish parable or story that i was like a little birdie and i wanted to fly but i couldn't fly yet okay well <laughs> i flew whether you right or not so that was the biggest obstacle i had in corporate america also balancing my role as a mother and mm -hmm. all of that because i think you know not to say that in those workplaces they discriminated against me because i was an unmarried mother but mm -hmm. i feel like that was a little bit of what was going on everyone yeah. else that was there was married and the traditional you know picket white picket fence and all that mm -hmm. where i wasn't i mean when i went there i was like you know like girl right. from college and so sweet and so nice or whatever but then the moment i became a mom it was different so mm -hmm. i would say that was the biggest obstacle i had in corporate america now in my right, they judge all the time. Yeah. In my own business, the biggest obstacle would be, hmm, I know you're a branding specialist, so I don't want to sit here and say, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but I think no, it's, it's, that's, it's okay because I think everyone has that problem when they're starting. They're trying to understand, okay, what message am I trying to get across? Or they might not even think about that at first because at first we're like, oh, I want to pick this color for my business. I want my logo to look like this, but why do you want it to look like mm -hmm. that? What message are you trying to get across with that? So I think, you know, everyone goes through that. <laughs> I, I went through that myself. I had to coach myself through it. <laughs> I don't think it's not a challenge. It's a adventure. My biggest adventure is understanding my customer, really thinking like mm -hmm. them. And it's a networking right. process because 
what's cool is over the last four years, just like I've changed, they've changed. Mm -hmm. So they're different. And that's okay though. Yeah. Everyone changes. Everyone has the um, ability to grow. That's like, everyone's probably heard me say this on my um, podcast already so many times, but it's like, I use the analogy of a uh, uh, um, vision board. Like you don't keep it the same all the time. Either you rip one thing off and add something new, or you take something off and switch it for something else just because you want it to be updated. Your mind has been changed. You've been exposed to new things and you're looking at things from a different outcomes. So I think in business, you know, logos change from the first day. That's why it's like sometimes when I sit here and work with someone, I'm like, okay, like we can revisit this even if this this is going to change. It's inevitable. It's going to change. You have to think about how your business is going to continue to grow. Look at Nike. I think there was a post on Instagram where they showed all the different logos for Nike, all the different logos for Coca-Cola, all the different logos for Instagram itself. Like everything continues to evolve so i think that's awesome did you know urban outfitters changes their logo every single year really i did not even know that yeah <laughs> but i, I mean that they they have a different message every year probably so it's you know it no one says that oh you have to keep this logo for the next five years <laughs> it's not you know it's not written in stone that that's what you have to do so if you want to continue to change it and bring about a new message, then so be it. <laughs> I love that idea. Yeah. So um, I know I probably stopped you in the middle. I know you were talking about, you know, one of your biggest challenges being um, understanding your customers. So how do you get around that? How do you put yourself into their space, into their mind? Like, I know, especially me, like I used to write songs and stuff. I like to I sing and everything. I had songs out there and whatnot. So that's a little other part about me that the audience probably didn't know. But I think the hardest thing for songwriters is basically being in another perspective. Like, especially how like you have guys writing hit songs for girls. I'm like, how in the world are you thinking like a woman? <laughs> Like, how do you know exactly? Like, like you must hear a lot of things. Somebody must be telling you a whole lot for me to be, you to be sitting there conveying it the same way that you're supposed to. <laughs> so recently in the last few years, what I've done is um, I had a few years where I didn't watch TV very much. Um, mm -hmm. I limited my TV because I was listening to a lot of gurus talking about how TV is this and that. Da, da, da. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the last few years, what I've done is I make it a habit to watch what my customer watches, listen to what mm -hmm. my customer listens to, read what my customer reads, look at mm -hmm. who my customers follow, my clients follow, mm -hmm. join groups where they are. And, you know, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the um, million dollar tea now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're doing this. But yeah, that's how I do yeah. market research now. I really dive into where, what is their typical day like? I'm not going to know mm -hmm. their whole day from 15 minutes right. Instagram stories or from their blog posts or for their YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. But I would say I can gather a lot about what's already influencing them. So mm -hmm. that what I say to them isn't so a face. I think that's what a right. lot of our clients go through. They will try to shoot a message out there, but it falls on deaf ears because they don't mm -hmm. take that time to really get to know their customer. Right. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, or, you got to know who your avatar is. Who is your avatar? Who is your target market? Like, speak to that one person and know that, you know, okay, 
this person likes this. So let me talk directly to them. Like, for instance, let's say you're trying to talk to Beyonce. <laughs> you have to know exactly what Beyonce likes. You know, she likes to keep it, keep it private, <laughs> you know, different things like that. You have to know who your avatar is. Pick one yeah. person and speak to them. And I really, you know, consuming the things that they consume and looking at who they follow and who they trust and all that, it lets me understand and be more empathetic to them when we have conversations, whether it's about their social media or their website or their branding or anything like that. You know, it, I can be empathetic with them. I can understand right. more why they suddenly are feeling frustrated or confused or, you know, mm -hmm. overwhelmed even. Um, I get the whole picture of who is that person, like what is their day like and stuff like that. And also asking open-ended questions lets me know about them too. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, the biggest part of it is just asking questions. I mean, I'm like a question answer and people also know that I am like judgment-free, like literally tell me everything. I'm like, oh, how's that work? Why is that? Okay. Oh, that's cool. You know, different little things like that just to understand because I think once you understand why someone is a certain way, why they think a certain way, then you'll understand, okay, that's why. That's what we need to convey to someone. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. So um, what were some things that you wish you knew now, that you know now that you wish you knew before you started your business? I wish I knew, and I kind of said this on another podcast recently, uh -huh. your mom's podcast recently, but <laughs> I wish I had known about systems and frameworks sooner. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that, again, along with the mindset work that people kind of keep hush hush, mm -hmm. I think that that's something that needs to be taught more or not taught, but talked about more right. in the beginning. I think people get scared of systems and frameworks right. because it sounds super expensive and stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds like complication, but it's funny when you get into even the routine or the system of your daily habits and your mindset work, and mm -hmm. that's a system, that's a, that's a framework, right? Right. Um, your client onboarding, um, I'm thinking about like maybe a business that doesn't do a service like we do, but mm -hmm. even my customers for their websites, when they're selling products, like understanding mm -hmm. the buyer process, cause I do have some digital products I sell as well. Right. It's just knowing, okay, you have to think about. You have to go through it yourself yes. and know what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. customer experience journey, that's one. And then the framework for all of that is two. Those are things mm -hmm. I wish I really, really knew in the beginning. And I wish that people, this going to be counterintuitive to our industry, but I feel like a lot of our clientele, they're being told free, 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 right. free, 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 free. And it's like, yes. Free means everybody. Everybody's broke. So you have to mm -hmm. invest. Right. <laughs> broke like everybody. That's okay. the thing. You see all of these ads. You see someone saying, buy this course, free webinar here, free um, worksheet here, free this, free this, free this. And it's like, you think that, okay, once I get in here, it's really not going to be that much. And then when I hit you with this price, then you want to sit here and be like, oh, why are you charging so much? And that's the thing. I told someone on here before as well. It's like, you can't feel bad about what you're charging because you know your value, you know what your time is worth, you know what your work is worth, and you know what your energy is worth. So if someone is not, you know, valuing that that price that you put on that, then that's not your client. That's definitely not your target audience. That's not your avatar that you're speaking to. So you gotta hold firm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
if they if they don't agree with it, then I'm sorry, then I'm not the person to help you. But I know what value I'm bringing to you in your business. And this is what I'm charging for it. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a that's what someone um someone said before. They were like, you know, in this world, we have so many people literally racing to the bottom where someone is trying to charge less than this person to get more clients. And then the next person is trying to charge less than them. And then you just you're constantly like watering yourself down. And I think, you know, in this industry, we have to be especially, you know, as black women, it's yeah. really hard. Um, we have to be strong in our space and we have to own up what we what we bring to the table, because if we position ourselves in a way that says, you know what, I know what I bring to the table, I know what value I bring to you, I know what value I bring to your your um, business, then no one should be able to question. They should be asking like, wow, who is this? What has she done? They need to go, um, after they get off the phone with you, they want to go Google everything about you. <laughs> that's what they should want to do, you know? So I think that's another important key factor there, especially when having your own business. I was going to say with the mindset work, have you done a lot of mindset where it's not just positive, but it's more from a, not really a scarcity mindset. I was going to say, cause you're so young, you haven't even gone through that. <laughs> but I was going to say, um, I feel like sometimes when people question our price, it's really mm -hmm. their scarcity mindset. And it's right. crazy because when you're the service provider, you see that in other people and it's like, you repel it. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. I want to only deal with clients that have the abundance mindset and it's hard right. like you have to have those consultations with them to even get it out people don't right. just run around with a sign on their head that's a sign on their head that's like i have scarcity mindset but you know <laughs> talking with them you realize really quick especially when mm -hmm. you do the proposal and you talk to them and you say everything that you can do or what's included mm -hmm. in the results and you share the results and they love what you did with a friend and, da, da, da. and then mm -hmm. you talk about the price and they're like well, I thought it was going to be like a 10th of what you said, or right. you do all that. And they love you. They say they love mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And they're like, they want a discount or a hookup. And it's like, well, baby, oh, I yeah, can't no. go to your business and get a hookup. Right. Listen, this is what I tell them. When you go to Gucci and Louis Vuitton, they don't have any sales. They don't sit here and lower their price and bargain for you what, you know, their prices are. Is that, and you're going to buy it or you're just going to keep on walking. <laughs> So that's the mindset you have to have, like the luxury mindset. You're a luxury. You're a commodity. No one is like you. No one. Your business is not like anyone else's. So I think having that luxury mindset sets you in a space where it's like you don't sit here and have to necessarily lower yourself to fit someone else and their needs. I love that. Yeah, I agree. From day one with my brand, I tried to always say, okay, luxury branding, luxury, luxury. It's mm -hmm. funny because now in year you know, four and a half or year four, I'm definitely, uh -huh. that's the type of customer I'm attracting. But in the very, very beginning when I was starting out, something, I know we didn't want to steer into, well, we can kind of, I can share this with your audience. It's funny because okay. in the beginning of business, before you have a sale, you'll think you want one customer, but in the early days of your business, it's really going to be you just serving people, just helping people. I'm not saying mm -hmm. to do it for free. I don't believe right. it, but you're serving people, you're helping people. And then from those experiences, you really form your ideal client. You're going to look at those experiences and say, who, which projects did I enjoy? Who did I love working with? Who really appreciated me? And then you're going to, from there, kind of tweak the avatar that you be, 
make in the beginning. I feel like a lot of people mm -hmm. do an avatar, but then after they have some sales, it will switch right. a little bit. It's not going to be a totally different person, right. but there's some characteristics that they can choose from. So yeah, I just wanted to warn people in the audience that are yeah. doing that, you know, if you're not attracting your ideal customer, you don't mm -hmm. give up, help the people you truly want to help. And then mm -hmm. along the way you can, you know, refine that to get in front of your ideal customer. Most definitely. I totally agree. So um, if you had to say you were influenced by one person in your life, what would it be? Your most impactful influence in your life? I would have to say, I want to, I know you want just the one, but my whole family. Okay, go ahead. Most. <laughs> my whole family is filled with entrepreneurs. So my mom's mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, my dad's an entrepreneur, and my older brother's an entrepreneur. It's funny because mm -hmm. my younger brother is also an entrepreneur, even though he's still a child. He sells uh -huh. stuff at school and stuff like that, or he did. Uh -huh. <laughs> Listen, it starts <laughs> early. It starts and my early. Mom, his mom, um, she's a full-time teacher now, but she was an entrepreneur as well at some time. So mm -hmm. my whole influence, my whole um, family's entrepreneurs. It's funny because my little girl, she's only six or seven, and she really wants to use, or not six or seven. She's going to be seven next month. I know how old my kid is. Uh -huh. <laughs> She's going to be seven next month. I was going to say six and a half. And then my brain wanted to say seven, but she'll be seven next month. And she really wants a YouTube channel. And then we talk about different stuff and she'll say, well, how much does that cost? Or I want to do this and sell it for that. So she even has the entrepreneur mindset already. And she's no, definitely, know, just a little child. Growing up with that definitely shapes that mindset because, you know, I've, my parents, they're both entrepreneurs. They've been entrepreneurs since I was born. So that's all I really know. <laughs> other yeah. than that, I'm like, wait, what is this? You know, <laughs> I'm not familiar with this other stuff. But um, so if you had to say one thing to inspire women and young girls to just dream without limitations, what would it be? I would say go after what you enjoy. I know a lot of times we can be pressured to do what people think we should do. Prime example, I really wanted to go to fashion school. I really <laughs> wanted to be a fashion buyer even. But listening mm -hmm. to my parents, um, my mom, even though she's an entrepreneur, she was in corporate America a long time. I saw her have a lot of success in corporate America and I wanted to be just like her. So she's one of the most influential, uh -huh. but then bring it on home to your audience. I would say, you know, go after what you enjoy. I knew I wanted to design. I just at the time thought it was going to be clothes. I didn't know it was going right. to be websites and brands. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was going to be helping fashion brands um, with mm -hmm. their social media marketing and their brand messaging. I didn't know, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I never gave up on my desires. Even though I went through mm -hmm. business school, it was super boring <laughs> at times. <laughs> you know, I went through business school, even though I went through corporate America and the or not the end, but where I am now, I get to help who I really want to help and get to do, I get to work on the projects I want to work on. Um, and mm -hmm. I would say, you know, just believe in what you want to go after your dream. I'm trying to think of how to say it concise. <laughs> just go after your dream. Don't give up. I know a lot right. of outside people will have their we'll happy. And naysayers, but yeah, that's what I would say. Just keep the dream alive within you. And I love it. I love it. I love how you know you switched, but you stayed true to what you want to do, which was design. And a lot of people think that, oh, there's only one conventional way, but there's so many ways to be creative and do the same thing that you love so much. So I kudos to you. I think that's really important for people to understand and to know. But we do thank you for sharing your story here on Made to Dream. I do want to give you the opportunity if the audience wants to connect with you um, or just follow your journey. How can they do that? 
Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest, Maya. I really enjoyed this. Um, they can follow me on Instagram at ePartnersMarketing. They can find me on LinkedIn as Erica Johnson. And they can find my services on ePartnersMarketing.com. Love it. Love it. So we'll have all of those links in the show notes and any descriptions below. And we thank everyone once again for tuning in to Made to, Made to Dream. I'm your host, Maya Chanel, and we'll see you next time.